In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet you in the greeting words of peace. We say it in our original tongue of Arabic, the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. And those words mean peace be unto you. Welcome to Mas Maryam, the national center of the nation of Islam, which is the home for the retraining and the re-education of the original man and woman here in America and all over the planet Earth. It is our honor to share with you the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as taught and demonstrated by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, today is a very special day. We also celebrate this historic day of July 4th. So today we observe and celebrate the day of Allah who came in the person of Master Far Muhammad the day that he chose to make himself known. We have a beautiful program, but without further ado, all praises due to Allah, please receive our first presenter this morning, Brother Student Minister Abel Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the Benefico, the Misericordioso, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet you, brothers and sisters, here at Mas Mariam, or wherever you are watching us from across the planet this morning, in the greeting words of peace, which we say in the Arabic language. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a world and civilization that was given by God a certain time to exercise itself. And the Honorable T Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that it was also prophesied that this civilization or world in which we live would come to an end. This means that the knowledge that guides this civilization would reach a point where it no longer would be effective in solving the problems presented by the time. Therefore, at that time, that knowledge would be like a light that has gone out. Darkness would then come over the people, and this would lead to such dissatisfaction that it would call into existence a change factor. Whenever you have dissatisfaction, it brings about a change. The Holy Quran tells us that Allah never changes the condition of a people until they change their own condition. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has reminded us that we cannot change ourselves. We always need help to change. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gives us a wonderful rule, law, and principle in nature, which he writes about in Message to the Black Man in America on page 111, wherein he writes that wherever there is a longing or demand for a change, nature will produce that man who will bring it about. We thank Allah to be in a house not built on an old idea, an old falling and dated system and way of thinking, but we thank Allah who intervened in our affairs and is now raising up a light for you and I, a light that began amongst the black man and woman in America and a mighty change can be seen taking place from amongst a people that were once Negroes but today call themselves Muslims and righteous people. 
And that change has affected not just those within the borders of the United States of America, but I thank Allah that today we can bear witness that a mighty change is taking place in Mexico, in the Caribbean, in Central and South America, where we all are now beginning to see the light of truth, the light of divine guidance shine from not the east to the west, but today it's shining from the west across the planet to all of our people who suffer. So this morning, I just want to thank Allah who came in the person of Master Fahd Muhammad. We could never thank him enough. From North America, Central America, South America, the islands, the continents of Asia and Africa, we thank him for coming. And I don't want to take any more time this morning. I just wanted to say thank you. And to take us further into our program this morning, Please welcome back to the rostrum, Student Minister Daniel Muhammad. Aysam alaikum.
far more on health care than other high-income nations. The United States scores poorly on many key health measures, including life expectancy, preventable hospital admissions, suicide, and maternal mortality. With statistics like this, how can we put trust or confidence in any guidance on living and maintaining a healthy lifestyle from a failing, degenerate, and crippled health system like the one offered here in the United States? Why would one go to their open enemy to seek advice, counsel, guidance on how to prolong and extend one's life and health state. In that beautiful Holy Quran, chapter 7, verse 30, it says this, Allah says, a party has he guided, and another party, perdition is justly their due. Surely they took the devils for friends instead of Allah, and they think that they are rightly guided. If we continue to take the devils for friends, instead of Allah God, and follow the guidance coming from these wicked powers that be in the American healthcare system, then we will continue to see our health state and our health condition filled with sickness, disease, and ultimately death. We need guidance, but not guidance coming from Satan. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said this in book one of How to Eat to Live, about the medical advice coming from this world. He said, quote, we must not be confused. I repeat, with the various advice offered to us from the modern-day food and medical scientists, if you take their advice and try to eat all of the different kinds of food cooked in their many different ways at all different times of the day and their many different suggestions on how much you should eat, you will most certainly die very clear, crystal clear guidance. If we choose life, family, then we need divine guidance. And we need that guidance to come from the supreme doctor, the greatest health professional, the most powerful healer, and that is Allah God. Well, we in the Nation of Islam are full of jubilation to announce to you we have that divine science in methodology on how to eat to live directly from the mind and mouth of Allah God, who taught and gave it to the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says this in book one of How to Eat to Live, quote, the only way that we can have life, keep life, and prolong life is by what we eat, and how often we eat it. This is the way of life. If you and I are ready to receive, follow, and obey the divine guidance on what to eat and when to eat, then it is imperative that we secure this powerful dissertation, How to Eat to Live, books one and two from the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. These books represent the keys to a robust lifestyle, a vigorous and vibrant health state, and salvation for our minds, bodies, and soul. Choose life. Get how to eat to live. Assalamu alaikum.
Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who appeared to us in the person of Master Far Muhammad. And I bear witness that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad is his messenger. I would like to greet you all once again in the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to first start off by thanking Almighty God Allah and his representative among the people today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his National Assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad for allowing me the distinct honor and privilege to humbly stand before you all this morning. Brothers and sisters, we are privileged to have been chosen to have been born in this very specific and critical time, a time where all of the prophets of God would have wished to see. The prophets of God spoke about a savior that was to come in the last days. But we are blessed to be able to speak about a God that is not to come sometime down the line of time. But we are blessed to be able to talk about a God that is now present in the world today. And guess what? His name is Master Far Muhammad. All praise is due to Allah. The inhabitants of this planet have looked at God as a mystery or a spook and did not know his reality for trillions of years. And in our ignorance to his reality, we began making up our own ideas of God. We began worshiping the sun as a God, the moon as a God, the calf as a God. So we began worshiping the creation and neglecting the worship of the creator. The greatest lie that can be told is to lie about God and make him other than what he really is. But today we want to completely obliterate the thought of God being a mystery from our minds because it, because it hinders us and our potential to be able to grow up and be like our father. The definition of the word mystery is, quote, something that is unknown, something that has not been or cannot be, something that is beyond human comprehension. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad said in his monumental book, Message to the Black Man, quote, the Christians do not believe in God as being a human being, yet they believe in him being the father of all human beings. They also refer to God as he, him, king, and the ruler. They teach that God sees, hears, talks, walks, stands, sits, rides, and flies, that he grieves or sorrows, and that he is interested in the affairs of human beings. They also teach that once upon a time he made himself, or he made the first man like himself in the image and likeness of himself, but yet they believe that he himself is not a man or a human. They preach and prophesy of his coming and that he will be seen on the judgment day, but is not a man. They cannot tell us what he looks like, yet, he, yet, he, yet man is made like him and in the image of God, yet they say that he is still a mystery." End quote. From the Muslim pers perspective, Allah introduces himself in the beginning of the Holy Quran in the second chapter where it reads, I, Allah, am the best knower. In another part it says, I, Allah, am the seer. Are these characteristics of a spook or a spirit or are these attributes of a human being? It says in the Bible and the Quran bears a witness, three men appeared before a tent before Abraham and one of them was the Lord. And Abraham said, oh my Lord, if you have, if you have found favor and if I have found favor in your sight, pass not away from me. Oh, uh, oh, my Lord, let me wash your feet. Let me feed you a morsel of bread. Let me give you some water. How can Allah, the Lord, sit down if he has nothing to sit down on? 
How can he have food or drink water without a mouth to be able to take it in? Brothers and sisters, we want to completely obliterate the thought of God being a mystery. Brothers and sisters, let's just think for a moment. Everything that we have ever heard, ever been taught, we've learned from what? A human being. Everything. This concept of God being a mystery or a spook, who do we learn it from? A human being. The solar system, we learn from what? A human being. All school curriculums, we learn from a human being. So the most honorable Elijah, Elijah Muhammad asked a wonderful question. Did God say he was a mystery or did someone say it of him? Did God say that he was a spook or did someone say it of him? So with the scriptures of both the Bible and Holy Quran, it is made very clear that Allah, God, is a human being and can't be anything other than a human being. But we have to ask the question, why have we been taught all of this time that God is a spook and a spirit? The enemy of the righteous, as the most honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us, was given 6,000 years to rule on our planet. They themselves know that Allah is not a mystery, but will not teach it. Because when they teach us the reality of God, which is really teaching us the reality of ourselves, they will no longer have any power over us. As I close, we thank Allah so much for coming 9,000 miles alone in the person of Master Farad Muhammad and for choosing the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and black people in America, the slaves, the despised, and the rejected to be the first on our planet to receive the reality of God. And we thank him for establishing the nation of Islam. As I close and bring up our next presenter, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, quote, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us for 44 years that God is not a mystery. He's not a spirit. He's not a spook. God is real. A real, live human being, differing from you and me only, that he is supreme in knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and power. I leave you all as I came with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. The Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches, quote, he who gives you the diameter of your think knowledge prescribes the circumference of your activity. The, ar the architects of this world never intended for us to escape the circle of activity that takes us out from under their control. So if we are still governed by their controlling systems of our former slave masters, then we have yet to break free. Still asking for voting rights. Still asking for equal education. Still asking for jobs. Still asking for Medicare. Still asking to live in proper neighborhoods. What kind of truth should we know that will cut the umbilical cord between us and our former masters. We need a law, and today our Savior has arrived. And coming up, praise be to Allah, you will hear 
the pure revelation as taught from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad through his student, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We don't ask for freedom. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says we want freedom. We want justice. We want equality. And right now we want to hear the truth to make us free. Brothers and sisters, please help me as I bring to this podium the National Assistant to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, student Minister Ishmael Muhammad. Thank you. All praise is due to Allah. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, the all-wise, true, and living God, the Lord of all the worlds, who came to us in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. We can never thank him enough for his coming and for his wise choice of one from the black man and woman of America in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and making him his messenger Messiah. I thank Allah for his intervention. I thank him for the man that he made from us in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and I thank him for the second man that he made from us in this most beautiful of human beings, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. This man embodies the principles of God, and he personifies the love of Almighty God Allah for each and every one of us. One day, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was sitting with his minister and the minister in all of his speeches during that time, he always referred and said to us how beautiful we are, my beautiful brothers and sisters. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, there's nothing beautiful in rebellion to God. And then on another occasion, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to his minister, you are a beautiful man. And the minister said, oh no. You, dear holy apostle, no, brother, you are a beautiful man. The context of that 
statement was made in the beautiful way that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan represents Allah, his teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the teachings. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, only Allah could have shown you how to put the word in the way that you do. He said, I didn't teach you, or I didn't make you part. Allah made you for me. So beauty, our real beauty, is not in our appearance. The real beauty of the minister, and he's not an unattractive man. He's a very attractive man and human being. But his real beauty, is in his submission and obedience to the will of Allah. That's what will make you and me and us beautiful people. If you look in creation and you look up in the sky, especially at night, isn't it beautiful? The constellation of stars, beautiful. If you look at the beauty on the earth, the flowers, the forests, the mountains, the rivers, the lakes, the oceans, it's beautiful. And what gives nature its beauty? It is that everything in nature submits to the law under which it is created. So the minister was not wrong when he said, my beautiful brothers and sisters, because he was looking at the God in you, the God in me. And when God manifests in our being, that's when we are most beautiful. So when we come in harmony like nature, in harmony and in accord with God's will and his law, then we will be as beautiful as the stars above and as beautiful as nature is on earth. I greet you all with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. America is preparing to celebrate its independence marking 246 years of its establishment as an independent nation among the sovereign nations of our planet. As America celebrates its independence, 
we too, as followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, celebrate and commemorate July 4th as the day that God chose to make himself known. What? God making himself known? You can't see God. Who told you that? Did he say it? Or did someone else say it of him? Did he say he cannot be seen? Or did someone else say it of him? Your Bible gives us all of these descriptions. God is talking, but he don't have no mouth. Go figure. God is walking with Enoch, but he don't have no legs. God sees, but he doesn't have eyes. And he speaks to all of these men that are called prophets, but he has no voice. Go figure. Point number 12 of what the Muslims believe is the cardinal principle of the faith of the Muslim followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the leadership and direction of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That point number 12 will never be taken off the inside page of the Final Call newspaper. We stand on that. We will not back down or back off of that principle. We can defend it in no limit of time. We believe that Allah God appeared in the person of Master W. Fard Muhammad, July 4, 1930, the long-awaited Messiah of the Christians and the Mahdi of the Muslims. We believe further and lastly that Allah is God and besides him there is no God and he will bring about a universal government of peace wherein we can live in peace together. Look at the language. The language may take some back. Allah, God, appeared in the person, this vessel, this human being. Appeared is the past participle of the term appear. Appear means to what? Come to be, 
come into visible sight. So whatever is deemed to be invisible is to become visible. Whatever is out of your sight is destined to come into your sight as the stars that we see have long died eons ago, but they come into view. We were blessed to wake up from a night. The sun was promised to come up. It rose. It became what? Visible. The moon at night is reflective of the presence of such a power because the moon does not give light of itself. It reflects the light of the sun. Throughout the Bible and the Holy Quran, there is the promise of God's coming. And in the book of Revelations, it tells us that on that day, all I shall see him. Him. So we don't see him as a spook. In the words of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, he's a live man. He's a living God. He said, you feel kind of cheap calling him it. You got to say he. Your nature tells you, since you can't refer to God as it, you say he. So your nature is telling you that you are after the nature of God. Why would he make a material universe and give us eyes to see if he is unseen or invisible? Let's just reason for a minute. These are simple truths. God is real. He has always been a human being. You can't make him anything other than a human being. Otherwise, then just say it. But it's don't speak. It's don't walk. It's don't hear and it's don't see. So if the Bible says God heard the cry for justice, God heard the mourning and the groaning of his people, and then look what follows, and he was concerned. Oh, he's got feelings. Then he spoke to the condition and said, I think I shall come down to see whether or not the cry is altogether what 
I have heard. God is real. Jesus did not talk about a spook coming from the east. He said the son of man, there it is again, son, a male child, born of a male and a female, a man and a woman, as the light shines from the east unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Habakkuk talks about him. A holy one. God came from Teman and the holy one from Mount Paran. These are all descriptions of a human being. So we don't see him as a spook. Of all of the days on the calendar that God would choose, he chose the 4th of July. The day of white folks declared independence from white folks. That's basically what it was in 1776. Brother dissolving his political bonds with his brother. We're going to go into it with the help of Allah. But this is not a day for us to celebrate with them. Their independence don't mean nothing for you because we were in slavery when they declared their independence. And when we fought in the Revolutionary War, the first to die was a brother, a black man. How were we and how have we been repaid for our service, our sacrifice? You're familiar with our great brother, Frederick Douglass? Frederick Douglass gave a speech in 1852 in Rochester, New York. And he said, Quote, fellow citizens, pardon me, allow me to ask, why am I called upon to speak here today? Why have I, or those I represent, to do with your national independence? Are the great principles of political freedom and natural justice embodied in that declaration of independence extended to us? So if you won't listen to your Muslim brother, then listen to your Christian brother. So don't 
get crazy tomorrow, waving your flag like you got something to celebrate. Really? Home of the free? But we're not free. Frederick Douglass said, and am I therefore called upon to bring our humble offering to the national altar and to confess the benefits and express devout gratitude for the blessings resulting from your independence to us? Your high independence only reveals the immeasurable distance between us. The blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. The rich inheritance of justice, liberty, prosperity, and independence bequeathed by your fathers is shared by you, not by me. The sunlight that brought light and healing to you has brought stripes and death to me. This 4th of July is yours, not mine. You may rejoice, but I must mourn. To drag a man in fetters into the grand illuminated temple of liberty and call upon him to join you in your joyous anthems, where inhuman mockery and sacrilegious irony to pass lightly over their wrongs and to chime in with the popular theme would be treason, most scandalous and shocking, and would make me a reproach before God and the world. Whether we turn to the declarations of the past or to the professions of the present, the conduct of the nation seems equally hideous and revolting. America is false to the past, false to the present, and solemnly binds herself to be false to the future. False, feigning, liberty and justice for all, they lie. It was set up by white folks for white folks. What have we forgotten? Oh, I know. You can sleep in their hotels now. You don't have to go to the back of the bus or the back of the plane. You can eat at their restaurants and go where you want to go, not everywhere. You know, there's some places you're not going to tread. You just, no, uh-uh, not over there. Our brother Frederick Douglass said, what to the American slave is your 4th of July? 
I answer, a day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty, your unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless. Your denunciation of tyrants, brass-fronted impotence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgiving with all your religious parades are to him mere bombast, fraud, deception, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. This is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. He said it in 1852. This is 2022, and it is still bloody and shocking to this very hour in which we live. So I'm sorry to spoil your 4th of July celebration. Enjoy your family. But I would like to offer you from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan something that would make your grilling tomorrow, your barbecuing meaningful on that day. Now tell me, if white folks could no longer endure the tyranny of King George III, and they went as far as they could go, and they said enough, is enough. Now that wasn't 400 years of tyranny. That wasn't 400 years of slavery. That wasn't inhumane treatment and lynching and burning and the raping of our women and the immeasurable crime of robbing a people of the knowledge of self, taking from them their names, their language, their culture, their religion, their concept and worship of God. But they saw fit to dissolve their bonds with their English brothers how much more justified are we as black people to declare our independence from a people who have mistreated us every 
day of our lives since we were brought over here in the holes of ships. We look kind of foolish, don't we? Everybody else, when they suffer injustice, they rise up. They don't ask, as Brother Student Minister Jeffrey said, for justice. They take justice into their own hands. Only a people who have been made slaves to another would look to the master. For a slave is one whose power and authority is ruled over by another and whose free freedom is limited according to the wishes of his master. That's why it takes a master to break the master's grip on us. That's why the scripture says, shall the prey be taken from the mighty and the lawful captive delivered. The prey shall be taken from the mighty and the lawful captive delivered. And the God says, I will contend with you that contend with me. Y'all all right? Man, I feel fired up. I mean, you know. God had to establish for us our identity. You can't win your freedom without an identity. You don't win your freedom through an organization. You don't win your freedom through some group. You win your freedom on the idea of nation and declaring yourself a nation within a nation and among the nations of the planet. So Master Far Mohammed declared us a nation. The only thing that we are lacking and missing is land that we can call our own. And he promises to give us some of this earth that we can call our own. And you don't have to go nowhere. I know you got that scene of Charlton Heston playing Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and crossing the Red Sea, huh? You know God ain't gonna park the Atlantic and have us travel through the Atlantic back to Africa. I seen my sister, she shook her head like, just, just that scene alone is like, what? We are here. How's it go? This land is your land. See, I, I grew up in Muhammad University of Islam, so I didn't grow up under all those. This land is our land. 
from California to New York. Y'all know it. Go on, see, 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 see it. This land, what? It was made for you and me. Who made it? Who cleared the underbrush? Huh? Who were the hewers of wood? Huh? And the drawers of water? Who laid the foundation? Who built the homes? Who built the mansions? Who built their capital? that is in Washington, D.C. It was our fathers. America would never be America if it were not for black people. We're more than the soul of America. We are the builders of America. And damn it, if we built it for them, we can build something for ourselves. Excuse my French. Let me keep moving. Does that, does that make sense? Sitting around here asking for justice. Give us justice. Give us justice. And he keep beating you in the head. He keep clubbing you. He keeps vaccinating you. He keeps pilling you. Drugging you. Killing us. Shooting us down racial profiling, and there we are, back at the foot. Master, please, give us justice. It's not in his nature. I'm going to say that again. It's not in their nature. You keep looking at him in saying he's a human being. Well, he's a member of the human family, but he's not the same. Look at nature. You got brown ants. You got black ants. You got red ants. And the interesting thing is, black ants have their own colony. Red ants have their own colony. Yes. You got black bears, brown bears, polar bears, but I've never seen a black bear. Try to be with a white bear. I never seen a white bird trying to coexist or find shelter in the nest of a blackbird. So you can go into all the different species, but because they belong to a particular category, it does not mean they are all the same. Red ants can bite you and hurt you. That black ant, he's kind of innocent, isn't he? You get my point? 
So just because the other fella looks like you, that don't mean he is you. He's different. We just accept nature. We're going to go into that a little more. But we believe that we, the black man and woman of America, that we are the fulfillment of the promise of God found in the book of Genesis, where God told Abraham that his seed would be a stranger in a land not of their own, and they shall be slaves to another for four hundred years. And God is talking to Abraham. But after that time of their bondage, their captivity, their slavery, I will come. Ooh. See, there's an expected appearance of God. What are you going to do, God? I'm going to judge that nation which they, my people, shall serve. And I am going to bring them out of that nation. I'm going to take them back to their fathers. And they're going to come out with great substance. And they will go to their fathers in peace. That means he's going to introduce a way of life. And it's a way of life that gives to each of us peace that we will offer to the rest of the members of our family who are not at peace. What do you call peace out of the English into the Arabic, the original tongue of the original people and the original man of our planet? It's called Islam, peace. The only way that the original man and the original people know how to live is in submission to God's will. That's what Islam means. Entire submission to the will of God. I'm not, I'm not no salam, salami. I don't want no salami. You don't want peace? You're going through hell right now in your life and you're looking for peace. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man and a woman, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Why not try God's way? God says, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. Mine are from above, while yours are from beneath. You know, it's a hell of a thing. I, I had this thought this morning. Let's see if I can find it since I'm on that point. And I was just thinking about how we pray to God and we ask God to answer 
our prayers and to give us justice. But it's a heck of a thing. I, I, I wrote it, so it should be in my head. But you know, when you write things out, it's more precise. But the point is, it's a hell of a thing to ask God and then when God answers your prayer and gives you the solution then we if it is not in agreement with our desires then we reject it God has already given us, brothers and sisters, the solution to our problem. Running over here, running over there. He already has given it to us. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said in message to the black man on page 63, he said, quote, today is the day of decision. We have lived here more than 400 years that you know, according to prophecy, is the prediction of our stay among these people. That time has expired. The time is up. The decision is being made for your departure and mine. It is most important to God Almighty, whose proper name is Allah, that I speak to you according to the time that we're living in now. Today, you are standing face to face with the alternative of accepting your own or forever being erased from the earth as a people. No one, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote, is trying to make you see this importance but your own. Why do you not see? You are blindly looking toward the slave master to tell you this. How can the master tell the slave, look, slave, your day has arrived. You should sit in the seat of authority. He ain't gonna do that. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we cannot beg for jobs anymore. We cannot build a future on a job that was given to us by the slave masters 400 years ago. The day has arrived. He has no more work for us to do. That's why he don't care about what goes on in the hood. You hate each other. I programmed you to hate each other. So go on ahead, beat each other up. Stab each other rob each other, kill each other, drug yourself up. I don't care. I've already taken from you your sweat, your blood. Think about this, your brain power, your talent, your skill, your God-gifted intelligence. 
to do what? To build my world. And you still sustain his economy. Because we're not producers, we're consumers. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, the time has arrived when deep within his own heart, he desires that you go out and find a job for yourself. He will forever be burdened. The burden will get greater and greater as long as he tries to carry you and me. It is time for a separation of the two, black and white. And Allah, God, is calling for a separation. That is the aim of God. The aim of God is the separation of us as a people and to establish us as an independent nation of our own. The Bible tells us that God would take us, as we said earlier, by a way we knew not. No matter how hard, brothers and sisters, we have tried, no matter what we have done to appease white folks and to get them to accept us, they have not made us their equal. And you can't be their equal in ignorance. And you don't equal yourself to the slave master by getting an education from their institutions. You think that puts you on par with them? No. What puts you on par is that you know yourself. Getting an education to become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or what have you, that don't make you the equal of the white man. You have to have your own identity as a people and go in your name, live your culture, live your values of life. That's what makes us equals. You can't be the equal of somebody else by borrowing, adopting their lifestyle? Where are your holidays? Who is your God? Where's your temple, tabernacle, and place of worship that represents you? All those houses they set up. What we practice is their religion. Talk to me. So he throws out Juneteenth. He puts you in political offices. He makes you a CEO of his Fortune 500 companies, woo! And we think we're a big nigga, I mean a big... 
Just tokens. Oh, they've always have been at the back of the line. Now with this vaccine, we're gonna put you at the front of the line. Because we wanna kill you first. We wanna destroy your capacity and ability to reproduce. Pharaoh said, come, let us deal wisely with them. Lest they what? Multiply, uh-oh, and join on to an enemy and come against us. Wisely means I'm going to introduce something into your system unaware so that you will not have the ability to reproduce yourself because sociologists have seen that at the reproduction rate of the black and the brown, we will become the majority while their birth rate is on the decline. This is real. They have a depopulation agenda. Get the vaccine. Get a booster. Followed by another booster. And another booster. Boost, boost, boost. Kill, kill, kill. Trying to put some levity because this is serious business. This is real. You think they mean us well? If they were so sure of their vaccine and the American people should have the freedom of choice, but did they give us a choice in the vaccine? Was there a public forum? where all of the scientists and doctors that are against this vaccine could debate those that are pro-vaccine. No, they did not give us the choice. And they make it seem like all of the doctors and the medical professionals support this vaccine. Liars. There are hundreds that are against the vaccine and know it's affecting. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. I know you're saying, God, I ain't talking about that thing and I done shot myself, boosted myself with this vaccine. The minister said, it's Savior's day that he prays to Allah, that Allah will mitigate the effect of what they have put in us because many of our people never heard the warning. But Allah permitted it. So never think that the enemy is getting away. He plans and Allah God plans and Allah is 
is the best of planners. He takes the plans of the wicked to serve his purpose. What a God. So they don't intend to make us their equal and respect our rights as fellow human beings on our planet. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said to us that the elements of life are freedom, justice, and equality. For the last two weeks, thank you, Brother Student Minister Abel, for your wonderful lecture last Sunday, The Ultimate Love. How does God demonstrate his love? Ooh, that's a big question, huh? Because he doesn't demonstrate it with that tender feeling. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, love is freedom, justice, equality. So when God loves a people, he gives them their birthright, and he establishes for them freedom, justice, and equality. That's God's love. So when God made his appearance, those three essentials of life you hear coming from the nation of Islam, freedom, justice, equality because there is no joy in living if you don't have freedom justice and equality you're not even considered alive without those three principles so our condition has gotten worse over the decades, no matter what we have done, no matter, we've tried so hard to get white folks to accept and respect us. So after the Civil Rights Bill and the Public Accommodations Act of the 60s, we have more millionaires today and even billionaires. But what the, has that meant for the masses of our suffering people? Because all of those billionaire brothers and sisters and multimillionaire brothers and sisters, they're not coming together. Imagine what we could do. And do you think the enemy would allow them to make all of that money if they knew that they would take that money to build independent institutions of education and learning for their people? Talk to me. Buy land so that we could grow our own food have our own hospitals. We're not doing the right thing and we're suffering as a consequence. But Allah allows us to be distressed and afflicted 
that we may humble ourselves. He gives the solution and he gives us time to adjust to his decision that we get to the point where we say, I, I surrender. That's what the children of Israel had to do. All right, Moses, we won out. But only after nine plagues visited upon them and the Egyptians, at some point, you're going to say, Farrakhan, Elijah, your God is God. We want out. We can't get no justice up in here, up in here, up in here. We'll take our chance. And as Trump said, what do you have to lose? I mean, wh why are we resisting? What's the resistance? Dang. You won't even try your brother out? You don't lose anything? And I'm telling you that when you try Elijah on, you are gonna feel so good about yourself and about your future that you won't even think about the white man. We will be focused and busy building a nation of our own. Let me try to wrap this up. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, quote, no man can want for his people more than what the people desire and want for themselves. Leaders are born to fulfill the desire that is in the hearts and breasts of the people for change, for freedom, and for justice. And God brings forth a leader out of the longing and the yearning of the people. God brings forth and produces a leader out of the dissatisfaction of the people. And a leader is born from the people to produce the desired change. The leader that God brings forth becomes the voice of the people, for he directs and guides the cause. But if the people are unwilling to take the necessary steps to produce the change they desire, then they will perish under a negative and unfavorable condition. For Allah, God, does not change the condition of a people until the people change their own condition. The people, at some point, have to mature. They have to grow into the principle of freedom, the principle of justice, and the idea of nationhood. So much so, that it becomes a part of their very being. And when that is accomplished, then change is realized. And guess what? Then a nation comes into existence. 
Again, brothers and sisters, no man can want for his people more than what the people want for themselves. For example, no matter how much a father wants good for his son, no matter how much a father or a mother wants good for their children to grow up or one of their children to grow up to be a lawyer or a doctor or an athlete or some other career or profession, if the child does not want that for himself, then the parents remain with the dream and it is unrealized in the child. And when it comes to the freedom of a people, the people have to want to be free in order for them to realize the light of their own freedom. History has shown that no people who fought, who sacrificed, or who died for freedom were denied. No people that desired to be free were denied. Because once they were willing to pay the price for their freedom, no matter how strong or vehement the opposition was, they were always able to realize the freedom that they desired if they were willing to pay the price and sacrifice their lives for freedom. No people, brothers and sisters in history, who desired for themselves to be separate and independent were kept from realizing that independence, though a heavy price had to be paid. There are, I think, 200, over 230 sovereign nations all of those nations with their borders, they all had to make a sacrifice. But the Italians, the Nigerians, the Cambodians, the Guatemalans, the Mexicans, the Egyptians, the Iraqis, the Pakistanis, the Indians, they all wanted to be free to govern themselves. They had to mature with the idea of nationhood and embody those principles of freedom, justice, and equality until it became a part of their being. So the whole nation from those that were leading the cause all the way down to the children were burning with the desire to be free. It wasn't just a little group over here or one or two over there. The whole of the nation said we have to be free to govern ourselves. And that is what the enemy does not want you to entertain. In the Bible, he talks about cutting them off from becoming a nation. The idea of nation, and just think of the evil in that. They can 
bring into realization the idea of nation, but you're denied that. You're denied the right to govern yourself. That's a shame. So, as we said earlier, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said the elements of life are freedom, justice, and equality. And the minister said, and anything and anyone that deprives us of these three essentials of life has created death for us and is devil. So if life is freedom, life is justice and equality, and you oppose my freedom, you oppose justice, you oppose equality for me and for us, then how could I be happy when my pursuit of these justly endowed principles of my creator are interfered with by your desire to keep me as a slave and as a tool? So you have become a devil to me. This is what the honorable Elijah, that term frightened black folks. But the honorable Elijah Muhammad was putting up a mirror to white folks. If God isn't a spook, then the devil ain't a spook either. He's just as real as God. He's the opposite of God. So he called them a race of devils. Now, can you argue differently? No, you can't. Is, the, is, the, is, is a devil a liar? Have they lied to us? Is the devil a deceiver? What else is the devil? A cheater, a murderer. Have we not experienced that? So the question is asked in our lessons. Lost found Muslim lesson number one, question and answer number 34. Can you reform devil? And the answer is no. All the prophets have tried. So what does that say? It tells us that you will never be content with somebody else being free from you if you are born to rule them. Speaking to the Caucasian people. Or you see yourself as entitled to rule. You got to understand that they see themselves as the superior. No matter how, this minister gave a speech in Los Angeles back in the early 80s from the Shrine Auditorium. He said, no matter how high you climb on the totem pole in white society, you still a nigger. You think that their attitude and disposition changes towards you because you got your PhD 
Heck, you're a Supreme Court justice. Oh, you're the president of the United States. Man, it don't get no bigger than that. Still a nigger. And they will always hold and maintain the upper advantage. You can never think that he will respect you as an equal. Y'all all right? So if we come up and we say we don't want any longer to be ruled by you, then to you we have become a threat. That's how they look at Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad. Because we say, no, we want out. We don't want in. We don't want to negotiate. No, no, no. We want out. Period. 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 I know what y'all thinking. I know where y'all got that from on the internet. Mm -hmm. Anyway, did you know your beloved Abe? You know, the benevolent white man that freed the slaves. Oh my God. You only look at the one thing. You don't even read into the man. You don't even read the words that were penned. When the Emancipation Proclamation was framed, it was out of necessity for the preservation of the Union. That didn't come from some moral consciousness. I think, oh, I, I can't bear the suffering of these unfortunate People, I, from my race, have to do something from my political office to give them justice. Really? In a speech that President Lincoln did right here in 1858, five years before the Emancipation Proclamation. Right here in Illinois, he said today, oh, pardon me, he said, and I want you to listen to these words because it's expressive of the pervasive attitude of the Caucasian people towards blacks. He said, I will say then, that I am not, nor have, nor ever have been in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the white and black races. And there was an applause. That I am not, nor ever have been in favor of making voters or jurors of Negroes nor of qualifying them to hold office, nor to intermarry with white people. 
And I will say in addition to this that there is a physical difference between the white and black races which I believe will forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. Now, these are learned white men that are admitting and saying, hey, the two races are different. And I believe we'll forever forbid the two races living together on terms of social and political equality. Add to that economics. Now, if that's their view, here we come up in our ignorance. I think we can all get along. I think we can live together, dance together, marry, and have social, political, economic equality. And the white man looks at us and says, oh, you poor fool. And guess what? God looks at us from the same view. My poor people, you don't understand the nature of what you're dealing with. Look at what President Lincoln said. And in so much as they cannot so live, while they do remain together, there must be the position of superior and inferior. And I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. I say upon this occasion, I do not perceive that because the white man is to have the superior position, the Negro should be denied everything. That's honest aid for you. He didn't lie. Look at what Thomas Jefferson said and we'll go home. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Look at this now. He went on to say that considering numbers, nature, and natural means only, a revolution of the wheel of fortune, an exchange of situation is among possible events that it may become probable by supernatural interference. The Almighty has no attribute which can take side with us in such a contest. Well, the supernatural has interceded and intervened in our affairs, and the black man shall rise. And we, God did not start a revolution by the gun. He starts a revolution by the mind. Be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. And when light comes into your head, it starts a new revolution. 
and you start moving on the axis of your own nature and your own existence in this universe by the power of God and the knowledge of God. So they have been preparing. That's why in the protests in 2020, with our brother George Floyd and all of the movement, see? But you notice in all of those protests, they are there. They're always gonna be present to direct our motion. They got to control the narrative. They have to control our direction to make sure that you never come out of their sphere of influence. Whatever good, never forget this, whatever good that appears on the surface that comes from them, know that there's always a hidden agenda that you don't see. And they are always going to seek the advantage over you. So they may compromise a little here, appease you over here. And that's why every time after we exhaust ourselves, we're back at square one. Every step that we think we're making a progress, we go two and three steps backwards because they're always there. I used to think up until I can't remember the year, I thought growing up that the in, um, NAACP had all the black faces. I thought it was black. You know, you thought the same thing. See, we, we never go beyond the surface of things. We take everything on face value. And then you look and see, oh man, Satan's hand was in that. He got to be present in everything, see? If you're gonna be a colored people to make advancement, we're gonna be right there. And they wanna make sure that you never find unity among yourself. Just think about that. You have very few black organizations, in fact, about, I didn't even say few, that, that's a lot. Because I'm gonna tell you, you only got one. I'm going to just tell you straight up, there's only one black group that is absolutely independent of this system of things. We don't get no grants. We don't get no handouts. That's why Farrakhan can speak freely as a black man because black people support their black leader, Louis Farrakhan. That's right. And we intend to keep ourselves 
in the independent position. Oh, yeah. Don't you like that? It just, it just, just, just feel good. That's your freedom. You be tied to this, tied to that, strings over here. Hell no. Whatever we want, we can get. Whatever we need, we can have it. All that's necessary is our unity as a people. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said our unity is more powerful than an atomic or nuclear hydrogen bomb. Our unity, our unity as a people will make us a great future. You know what Thomas Jefferson also wrote? He said that maintaining slavery was like holding a wolf by the ear. And we can neither hold him nor safely let him go. So we're held hostage. We're held captive. That's why the scripture says, shall the prey be taken from the mighty and the lawful captive delivered. You're still in slavery. You're still on the plantation. We got our own neighborhoods, but we live as um, colonies. All the powers on the outside dictate what happens on the inside. But you can go to the Korean community, the Greek community, the Chinese community, all of that's different. Go down to Chinatown here in Chicago. They got their banks. They got their whole set up. But where we are concerned, and you don't see none of them Justice, we want justice. We need a job. We need better education. We're the only ones out here crying. Something wrong with that. There's a missing ingredient in us. So the Asian Americans, the Arab Americans, the Latino Americans, the Greek Americans, just look at who all the immigrants have been able to come into America and benefit from the structure and the system set up for them. And what is that missing ingredient? I don't care, Jose comes over. But Jose is always Jose. Lupita is Lupita. Omar is Omar. See, when they come over, the Jamaican, proud brother, the Nigerian, proud black man, they move, they do what they need to do. They extract from the system what they need for their community, and they keep on moving. But us, 
That's because each of these immigrant communities take pride in themselves. But we are missing that ingredient because we're trying to be African-Americans. And will somebody please explain to me what that actually means? Do we have an African-American bank? Do we have African-American ships that are trading with Africa? With us here in America? I mean, help me, African-American. Wasn't too long ago we were called colored people. I mean, how many, how many labels they gonna slap on us? But the best one is, I am the original man. I am the original man. And I have the power and capacity to be the maker, the owner, the cream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. So when you come in the nation of Islam, that's the first question I ask. Who is the original man? And we answer the original man is the Asiatic black man. He's the maker, the owner, cream of the planet Earth, God of the universe. Yes! When you come here, you see a flag. We don't talk nation and not have a flag that represents that we are in fact a nation. Yes. I want us to feel proud, happy, joyful for what God has done for us. We are no longer termed forsaken. Accept your own. Be yourself. And what is yourself? To be the best hustler? There's something more to you than being a hustler. There's something more than what the world has made of us. You know deep down inside, man, you come from greatness. Greatness is your heritage. Greatness is your tradition. Greatness is the root of you. Because your DNA uh, connects you and ties you right into the creator himself. Don't you buy into God is the father of all. No. There are two people on the planet. Uh, that's another subject I can see, man. Well, what, he, man, he just dropped that on me. So I, I better close. Yeah, I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Got to close. It's late. Time is upon us. Let me just, can I close with the words? of the minister. If you are restrained, well, let me read it in context. When you look at nature, when you look at a bear, 
before it hibernates, a bear must pursue the required amount of food that will allow it to hibernate for months. So the pursuit of happiness to that creature is its ability to gain what it needs. The bear is happy. Are you? Am I? What is the real pursuit of happiness? So if the bear in its pursuit of happiness is pursuing the required amount of food that would allow it to hibernate for months, meaning it is satisfying its own needs. That when it lies down, it is contented. And when the pursuit of happiness gets out of the animal, insect, and crawling creature kingdom, and we speak of it in terms of the human being, then each creature is satisfied when it does and is not hindered from doing according to its nature. If you are restrained from that pursuit by some effort of somebody else to keep you from fulfilling your pursuit of happiness, then that hinders thoughts and restrains you. And whatever does that is an enemy of you, provided that your pursuit of happiness does not destroy the happiness of others, and provided that your pursuit of happiness is in accord with the nature of your creation, which is a nature of righteousness. If these unalienable rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, we are endowed with the rights to this by the Creator. And any infringement of these rights then is devil. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to move forward and really take, as the Honorable, Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, a free independent step. If you believe that they gave us freedom, fine. Exercise that freedom and let's go and develop our own culture, huh? Our own civilization, our own educational system, you see, what it's doing to our children. It doesn't keep their attention because they're not in it. Can't we open up and establish our own banking institutions? You mean to tell me we don't have the resources to establish in these food deserts? a uh, Whole Foods of our own. We gotta be dependent on Mariano's, Whole Foods, Jewels, to give us what? We gotta do it for ourselves. Can't keep telling them who we need more grocery stores and fresh produce. 
Stop the begging. Stop the begging. And let me tell you, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, when we start doing this, they're going to respect us because no people respect a beggar. You respect men and women that are being productive. Let's take a free and independent step. Come out of her, my people, is the call of God. Come out, come out, and be not partakers of her sins and her plagues. America's under divine judgment. And you see the calamities that are striking this nation. And gradually, America is being broken. And there is a war that is brewing. I gotta, we have to keep that in front. Because a war is coming and that war is going to break America's power and influence. But we don't have to worry about the war. That's out of our hands. Just don't go in it. Don't sign up. We have a fight of our own. And we've already have died for another man's freedom. We got a war right now on the streets. We got war in our homes, in our apartments. We're fighting each other. We got to end this senseless violence. And we have to come into a greater unity and a greater love of self. Thank you, Allah, for coming to the black man and woman of America. Thank you, Allah, who came in the person of Master Far Muhammad for raising the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan as two guides and witnesses of yourself. Thank you, Master Far Muhammad. Happy 4th of July. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah. Brothers and sisters, put your hands together.